Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri River Basin Conference call. This call is provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, including levy sponsors, emergency managers, as well as the media. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be your moderator. This call is recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution Service for Media Reuse at www.dbidshub.net slash unit slash USACE NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines have been placed on mute. To unmute your line to ask a question, press star six. The forced mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function. Do not place the call on hold. We will have a question and answer session at the end of the call, and I'll provide further unmute instructions at that time. The agenda is as follows. From the, National, from the NOAA National Center for Environmental Information, we have Doug Cluck. From the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center, we have Kevin Lau, and from the Missouri River Water Management Division, we have John Remus and his staff who will provide an update of inflows, reservoir storage, and release plans. We also have Omaha District Drought Coordination Monitor Chuck McWilliams to provide an update. And with that, I will turn the call over to Doug Pluck. Uh, thank you, Eileen, and thanks to the Corps uh, for allowing us to speak. And of course, thanks to all the folks out there who are going to put up with this uh, conversation. So, um, yeah, I'm Doug Cluck. I'm a Regional Climate Services Director here in uh, in, in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I'm going to go over a little bit of the weather and climate <clears throat> outlook and actually a little bit of a summary on where we've been uh, and what we're looking at right now. So, let's go to the next slide. <clears throat> so, um, just looking back at last three months and sort of ranking where we are in terms of temperature on the left and precipitation on the right. You can see on the left, uh, we've had relatively cool, cooler than normal temperatures for most of the states, upper upper basin states, South Dakota, the Dakotas, Montana, Wyoming, and sort of as we go down basin, if you will, um, uh, a little bit warmer than normal conditions. But if you average it all out, it's pretty close to normal over the last uh, uh, Three three months or so from a temperature angle. Um, on a on the precipitation side, uh, it's a little bit different. Um, you can see a four, which means the fourth driest in Nebraska um, in the last uh, 129 years. So um, fourth driest means pretty dry. Also in South Dakota and in Kansas, of course, um, continuing that dryness and really nothing out of the ordinary in terms of. Uh, wet or dry in the other states that make up the uh, Missouri Basin as a whole. Uh, and that's February through February, March, and April. So let's go to the next slide. Uh, just looking at April and uh, looking at temperatures again, you still see that continuation of sort of coolness, uh, cooler temperatures, lower rankings, meaning uh, closer to uh, oh, just being cooler than normal in terms of temperature. And really nothing to uh, write home about in terms of, of, of warmth and heat when you average it all out over a month, uh, even in the lower basin. Uh, Missouri is slightly on the warmer side. But really, um, cooler. The, the story here is cooler to the north. 
uh, during April. Um, on the precipitation side, on the right-hand side uh, of, of the graph, of the map, um, of the slide, you see a lot of brown, light brown to, to, to a little bit darker shade of brown, which means we're now starting to see April was a pretty dry month overall for those states. So Missouri for sure, Nebraska for sure, ranking four and five um, respectively in terms of dryness over the last 129 years. Um, and some of the surrounding states having that lighter shade of brown as well, also indicating that they've been uh, dry as well during that uh, during during April. So April, a pretty dry month and really an important month um, if we think about it in terms of amount of precipitation. I'm going to show you some maps in, in the near future here that really spell that out. Now, let's just go to the next map. Um, this is just to indicate on the left is this is all precipitation, by the way, on the left are uh, on the left is April, uh, just April, looking at counties uh, across uh, across the country. And where you see that really dark brown, uh, dark brown is record dryness in some of those counties. And you see that not only in April across most of Nebraska, a little bit of Kansas, Missouri, um, and even up in the uh, up in the upper basin in terms of some of the uh, darker shades of brown. Those are all pretty dry, uh, dry indicators uh, for the month of April. On the right is for that, again, period from February, March, and April. Also showing again in Nebraska and down into Kansas how dry it really was during that three month period. And I'm just trying to show you that um, not only was it dry, it was pretty darn dry in a lot of those in a lot of those counties. So let's go to the next slide. Um, so now we're looking at we call this the water year, and we're looking at temperature on the left and um, precipitation on the right. And on the left is the departure from normal temperature from the water year, which is actually October 1st of 2022. So way back, way back then. Um, just the beginning of the water year and accumulation, if you will, for snow and stuff like that and the higher, much higher elevations. Um, note on the left, how cool it was. Everything green, everything green to blue to purple is actually below normal in terms of temperature. And some of those a lot, a lot below normal in terms of temperature. Um, only Missouri was slightly warmer than normal. Um, and a little bit of Iowa, I suppose, in eastern Kansas. Um, that's important in terms of uh, cooler than normal is generally an okay thing if we're trying to get, if we're trying to conserve moisture, if you will. Um, too cold, then uh, too cold, then the ground freezes and, and the water doesn't infiltrate very well. But we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, on the right is the percent of normal precipitation from October 1st through now, more or less. Not really today. <laughs> we have, we're having some rain uh, today and late yesterday, which uh, which might color this slightly. But really, over this this uh, several month period, you can see that most of the shading there is yellow to red, which means less than normal precipitation. Where you see greens, um, that's above normal precipitation over that entire span of time when you add it all up. So. Um, Red is really bad, so that's less than half their normal precipitation uh, for those places. Um, so that's an indicator of where we are in terms of, of, of in the basin in terms of, uh, of dryness. It's one of the indicators. So let's go to the next slide. Okay, so 
This is as of January 1st. So now we're moving that October 1st to January 1st. So we're eliminating, if you will, the dryness that we had in October and November and to some degree in December, although December did begin um, some precipitation across uh, portions of South Dakota and such. Anyway, notice the temperatures don't really change. They're still well below normal on the left. And on the right, you see, uh, uh, but you also see that uh, uh, there's a lot, there are some places that are still pretty darn dry uh, or continuing to be dry since the beginning of this year. Um, and some indications where it's, you know, where the green and dark purples are, or purples are uh, of higher elevation snowpack and all that kind of thing, especially on the west side of the Rockies, not as much on the east side. Okay, next slide. All right, um, I wanted to throw this in because this is the last seven days of precipitation. It's a different sort of graphic. Um, on the left, you see that's an accumulated total amount of rain over the last seven days, okay? And don't be sort of fooled because that light green really isn't that much rain. It's, it's supposedly over an inch or a half an inch. Um, so it looks like we have a lot of great coverage, but if you look on the uh, the graphic on the right, that's the that's the percent of normal that should have fallen over the last seven days. So yes, uh, the purple areas are 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 very wet over the last seven days, and most of that probably over the last 24 hours, maybe 48 hours across some of those places um, is where 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 most of that precipitation is accumulated, especially in Nebraska, where they really 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 need it. Uh, hopefully, we'll see some of that reflected in the drought monitor next next week when that comes out. Um, okay, so there is some precipitation falling now, um, but this is a wet time of year, May and June, for that matter, across the basin. So keep that in mind when we look at things and when we look back at how things are in terms of dryness. Next slide. Um, I'm going to let the uh, the core in 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 my my fellow River Forecast Center uh, NOAA guy cover cover mountain snowpack, but here's the conditions as of May 10th, on the left, and I kind of circled the area or ovaled the area, and we're still around 100% in a lot of the basins. This can get a little messy right now because things melt off quickly, and some of these percentages don't really reflect the true, if you will, wetness or dryness for that matter. Of some of these basins, so I'll be interested in hearing what the core and uh, um, Kevin have to say about that. This March eighth uh, is the other one up here, the other uh, graphic, and you can see that most of the values, and this is probably more accurate in terms of the percentages, and you see over a hundred percent over most of the basins that feed the uh, Missouri River Bay, Missouri River, for that matter. Um, and some pretty high numbers in there, especially uh, in the North Platte in, 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 in areas in Wyoming. Uh, next, next slide. Yeah, so on the left, uh, you see how much snowpack there is in the plains, zero. And on the right is where we were March 8th, the last time we had this conversation. So Mark, we had a lot of snow melt. It did come off pretty well. Again, Kevin's gonna talk more about what that means in terms of flooding and infiltration and all that kind of stuff maybe, um, but we don't have a, luckily <laughs> in May, we don't have much uh, snowpack in the plains to talk about. So just wanted to re relate the fact that we did 
have a decent snowpack and we don't anymore and that's normal. Okay, next slide. Uh, these are the most current or pretty current uh, soil moisture indicators. Uh, both, not, neither of these are perfect, but they do give you some indication of where the surface soil moisture on the left is according to one, um, one observe, observation and modeling system showing pretty dry where we think it should be dry. When we saw all those maps I just showed you across Nebraska, Kansas, um, a little bit into Wyoming there. And same with uh, the one on the right, the, uh, the, the graphic on the right shows similar, not exact, but similar sort of dryness across a lot of the, uh, I'll say lower basin um, and portions of the upper basin as well in terms of soil moisture. Next slide. Uh, here's the hope, I guess, um, and this is pretty good hope actually, and this will be the next, oh, I don't know, a few days, but I think, I'm not sure how this is going to parse out, but if you add up the next seven days of uh, precipitation, including today, this is sort of what you get in terms of total accumulation. So now Texas is going to go a little crazy here and get over seven to 10 inches, according to this down there, um, in, well, in Southern Texas, but Still in Nebraska, the pan, uh, Panhandle, as well as the Sand Hills, up to the north, all the way up to uh, Canada, we're talking, uh, um, you know, at least an inch and a half to two, maybe two and a half inches in some places. Hopefully, this will come true. Uh, the areas in the blue aren't too shabby either. Uh, we're we're talking over an inch in a lot of those areas as well. Uh, again, we're really hoping this does happen. A lot of these areas are pretty darn dry and need the rain, especially if guys have already gotten in and planted everything. Next slide. So uh, looking out, that was the first week for precipitation. This is the second week in terms of temperature and precipitation. These are probabilities, not amounts. So looking at the left-hand uh, figure there, you see the 8th, 14 day, basically May 8th to 24th, uh, showing above normal temperatures for most of the upper basin for sure or at least a leaning towards that. Um, uh, and then on the right, you see that we have this uh, bullseye, if you will, of above normal in the in the four corners area. Some of that sneaks into the southern part of the southwestern parts of the basin. Uh, but I think more importantly, this below normal uh, was going to hold true over most of the Dakotas, East Nebraska and all that business. Um, and again, that's that's not a strong leaning, but there is a there's a slight leaning towards below normal, and that probably will happen based upon um, what what we're seeing in the models. Um, so, sort of averaging out, if you will, towards normal, I'd suppose, if you if you for for most of the basin um, over the in week two, uh, the middle part of May. Next slide. Um, this is the outlook for for May. This will be updated next week. Uh, Pretty much all the maps I'll be showing from here on will be updated next week on Thursday. The seasonal um, forecast will be out re re uh, re forecasted by then. Um, but anyway, here's the uh, I'll look for the rest of May or for May as a whole. Um, really, on the temperature side on the left, there's not a lot to say. Okay, they're basically saying um, there's not a lot strong indication towards wet or dry or warm or cold. So a little bit of warmth in the upper basin maybe, and uh, we've seen some of that, but really nothing else to write home about. And then on the right-hand side, in terms of precipitation, uh, they're saying there's a tendency, a very slight tendency for the Eastern part of the basin to be uh, below normal in terms of precipitation. And some of that 
that's kind of held true for the most part so far in May. And it looks like it will in, like I just showed you in week two uh, of our uh, of our outlooks. So let's move on to the next three months. Uh, May, June, and July. Um, <laughs> again, I don't have a lot to tell you about temperature. It looks like pretty much equal chances of above, below, or near normal in terms of temperature. So nothing too, uh, uh, too slanted one way or the other. But on precipitation, and really on precipitation as well, there's not a strong indicator where which way we're going to be going. Um, hopefully, we'll get normal precipitation during this period because normal is pretty good. May, June, uh, into July is good precipitation and, and really an important time for us to get precipitation, um, especially for crops and things like that, but also um, for runoff and such. Uh, I think I have the next series of uh, months. Uh, June, July, August, just to show you a little bit of difference here. Um, here we start showing a little more indication of above normal temperature, especially in the western part of the basin, but it's a slight chance. And then in terms of precipitation, really only a very slight leaning towards wetter than normal across Missouri, eastern Kansas uh, for the summer. So, and I guess there's a little bit slight leaning in, in Montana as well towards uh, below normal, but I I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't bet too heavily on either one of those. Next slide. Those are very low probabilities is really, really, really what I'm trying to say. Um, there's the drought monitor for this week. I guess I didn't have the date on there, but it, trust me, it's from this week. You can see wherever it's red to really dark red, um, conditions are, are very, very bad. And we don't like seeing this going into, uh, going into the uh, uh, warmer time of year. Uh, We'd rather have this, well, we'd rather have no drought, but um, conditions in Nebraska and in, in much of Kansas are pretty bad. Uh, we're starting to see some dryness in, uh, in Missouri, just starting to show up as well. Um, again, maybe the rains over the next uh, seven days uh, will help out with that. The upper right graphic um, shows the change in uh, the change in drought categories since February 14th. So since Valentine's Day, the green shows you where things have improved, where it's green, and the darker the green, the more improvement. The yellow shows where it has degraded, and the darker the yellow towards brown is where things have gotten worse. And so you can see Missouri's gotten somewhat drier, and, and so, same with Kansas and portions of Nebraska, and a little bit in Montana as well. And then on the lower right is the map of the outlook. Again, this will be updated next week, but the outlook shows wherever you see yellow, uh, that is where the forecasters think conditions uh, will likely uh, get worse in terms of drought. Wherever you see a solid brown, that is where conditions aren't uh, forecasted to get much better. And this is uh, through the end of July. Where you see that sort of uh, greenish, I don't know what to call it, green and gray colored color, con colors, that is where uh, they're thinking that uh, conditions will improve to some degree uh, with uh, drought during that period from now until uh, July 31st. And again, that'll be updated next week. Next slide. Okay, so all the key points and something I hadn't brought up yet was we're currently in something called an El Nino. El Nino watch. Um, the oceans in the Pacific are rapidly moving from three years of La Nina, more or less, three years of La Nina to what 
to the other to the other side uh, to to El Nino, and uh, that does have ramifications for us. Currently, there are no there's no connection, and this is important between the atmosphere and the ocean that is changing anything where we live. Um, we will probably see that a little later, um, a little later in the summer once things get going, if you will, in terms of the El Nino. But there's a 90% chance of that happening later this year. And I'm not going to peg it because I don't know which month that's actually going to um, materialize. But um, keep watching that. You're going to hear more and more about El Nino. And we'll talk more about El Nino on in various settings here about what that really means to, to the basin. Um, we generally had a wetter winter, especially to the north where we had a lot of snow. Uh, it did turn dry in March and April. Uh, those are some key points on current conditions, and we don't want it. We didn't really want to see that happen. We want to sort of see the continuation of wetter and getting rid of more of that drought area. Um, it didn't really happen. Hopefully, we're going to turn the corner here in May. We'll we'll see something. Uh, we'll see it change to some degree. Um, so short term temperatures generally above normal, especially in the west, according to the, uh, the, the two week out the week two outlook. Uh, precipitation wetter than uh, normal in the southwest, maybe Wyoming, Colorado, drier in the northeast part of the basin. Uh, longer term, really no strong indications of warmer or cooler uh, than normal through pretty much through the summer. So not saying it's going to be normal. We're just not we're just not sticking our necks out, if you will, in terms of saying above or below at this point. That may change. Um, precipitation. Some leaning towards dry, uh, some leaning towards dry in May in the eastern part of the basin, in northeast part of the basin, really, uh, but mostly equal chances. Again, not sticking our heads out in terms of saying it's going to be uh, uh, much wetter or drier throughout the summer at this point. Uh, on the bottom is where I'm advertising our, uh, our, our webinar that Justin Gleason, who is a state climatologist from Iowa, will be leading next week at 1 p.m. Oh, 1 p.m. Um, a week from today. Yeah, so I think I'm done. Thank you. All right, thanks, Doug. And we will move it over to you, Kevin. All righty, thank you, Eileen. Can you hear me okay? I might want to turn up the volume just a little bit. Okay, I'll, I'll try to shout. Okay, well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, on behalf of the National Weather Service, I too wish to thank the Corps for the invite to participate on this series of calls. Um, next slide, please. So on the on my main slide, on my only slide, really, uh, this is a map indicating uh, over the next 90 days, over the next three months, uh, those locations that are either already in flood or that we project to be in flood. Uh, green means uh, we don't expect flooding, uh, less than a 50% chance. Orange indicates minor flooding is possible. Red is moderate and purple is major. Um, so, and I'll get to that map here in a minute. Um, mountain snowpack accumulation has now peaked. And we are beginning to see uh, some of the higher elevations above 7,500 feet or so um, is starting to melt. Uh, as Doug mentioned, generally speaking, uh, the mountain snowpack accumulation this season was above average. Uh, the greatest departure 
departure from that, uh, from average, was found in the North Platte Basin, which peaked in early April at about 130% of the normal 30-year normal. Uh, we just issued our uh, May water supply forecast last week, and that is uh, for the period April through September. Of course, April, it's not hard to peg April since it's already done, uh, but the April through September uh, volume is sort of a mix for this year. Um, we are uh, projecting an above normal mountain runoff uh, above Fort Peck, uh, as well as in the North Platte Basin. The Yellowstone and South Platte Basins are projected to have a below normal runoff season. The greater than normal mountain snowpack is projected to result in some flooding uh, at a few locations, including the Big Hole, Jefferson and Gallatin rivers in the upper Missouri basin. That's those orange dots that you see in extreme uh, southwestern Montana there. Um, oh, and as I've already mentioned, that this map shows the, the categories. Um, so we are expecting minor flooding along the Big Hole, the Jefferson and the Gallatin heading a bit east. Uh, you'll notice that uh, we've got two orange dots there in um, south central Montana. That's the little bighorn and the tongue. I think that's a bit overdone. That's actually based on the precipitation that we're having this week. Um, and so I, I don't know that those two locations are actually going to uh, go to flood. But earlier in the week, we thought they 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 might. Um, Heading southward into Wyoming, we continue uh, to project minor flooding along the North Platte River uh, there in Wyoming along the uh, Saratoga to uh, Sinclair Reach. And that flooding uh, will likely occur uh, in early June. That's usually when we see the, the melt crest. Moving to the Northern Plains, we of course have uh, had a significant plains snowpack that held uh, into early April. And then beginning with the Easter weekend and the, and the week following, there was a drastic and uh, I would say a far reaching warm up uh, that resulted in the complete uh, uh, melt off of the plain snow. Uh, that resulted in flooding last month along uh, several of the rivers and streams in the Northern Plains, including the Milk in Montana the Knife, the Cannonball and the Hart River in uh, North Dakota, the James River in North Dakota and South Dakota, the Big Sioux in South Dakota and Iowa, and the Little Sioux Rivers uh, in Iowa. And there were other rivers too that flooded. Uh, and some of, the, some of this uh, uh, snowmelt flooding that we saw last month was significant. Uh, we had major level flooding along both the Milk and the James River basins, the Milk River at uh, Seiko and Tampico experienced their second highest all-time crest uh, during last month's flooding. Now, all of this flooding that, uh, that happened because of the plains rapid snowmelt has now subsided with the exception of the James River. Uh, James is very slow to get her water out. Um, I suspect that um, we will have some reaches in the James River uh, remaining above flood stage well into August. But that's not uh, that unusual, though. Once the James gets above flood, it takes a long time for 
for it to go below. You'll see a lot of dots uh, colored up there in eastern Kansas and across the state of Missouri. Uh, thunderstorm activity, as I say, almost, <laughs> almost every one of these calls. Thunderstorm activity drives uh, flooding in the lower basin. And as this map shows, we are projecting uh, minor to moderate springtime flooding along several of the streams in eastern Kansas and across the state of Missouri. The Missouri River itself uh, may also see some on again, off again flooding downstream of Kansas City, again due to thunderstorm activity. And again, this is not unusual. Um, and I believe this concludes my flood potential brief for the National Weather Service. Thank you, Eileen. Thanks, Kevin. And I will hand the call over to John Remus. This is Mike, Eileen, can you hear me? Yep, I gotcha. Okay, thanks Eileen and thanks Kevin Lau and Doug Cluck for their participation. Good afternoon, I'm Mike Swenson, one of the team leaders in the Missouri River Basin Water Management Office. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Main Stem Reservoir System. Uh, John Remus is out of the office today, so I'll be providing some opening remarks. Um, I want to again assure everyone in the basin that the Corps of Engineers remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting people and businesses when we can from significant runoff events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin or system conditions. As Kevin Lau indicated, thunderstorms in the lower Missouri River Basin can and do occur. Runoff from large storms in the lower basin cannot always be mitigated by the operation of the main stem reservoirs. It is also important to understand that the volume, timing, and location of runoff significantly impacts the timing and amount of water released from the reservoirs. Each runoff season or flooding event is unique. The forecasted 2023 Upper Missouri River Basin runoff has improved over the last couple months and is now slightly above average. We will provide more details uh, on this and how it will likely impact operations of the system, but basically we are anticipating continuing water conservation measures through 2023 and possibly longer. The Corps understands the importance of the Missouri River in providing water for irrigation, municipal, and industrial uses throughout the basin. We operate the system to meet the water supply requirements of the basin to the extent reasonably possible. There is presently and will be adequate water in the reservoirs and in the river reaches between the reservoirs and below the system to serve all water supply needs. The Corps does not provide or guarantee access to the water. Maintaining access to the water is the individual facility owner or operator's responsibility. We will continue to meet our statutory obligations to operate the Missouri River main stem system for its authorized purposes as described in the Master Water Control Manual. We will also comply, continue to comply with all laws and the provisions of the 2018 Biological Opinion. As a reminder, there will, be, there will not be a Fort Peck flow test this year. Lastly, the runoff forecast and the projected reservoir releases and pool levels that we will be discussing are based on the best available information. Actual conditions may be different. 
I will now turn the discussion over to Nicole to talk about the upper basin runoff. All right, thanks, Mike. All right, this graphic depicts the annual runoff for the Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa for 125 years of record keeping with the long-term droughts shown in yellow. The 2023 calendar year runoff forecast for the upper Missouri Basin above Sioux City, Iowa is 26.9 million acre feet or 105% of average, which is highlighted in red. Moving on to the next slide. The near average runoff forecast for 2023 reflects current drier than normal soil moisture in much of the basin, slightly above average mountain snowpack, and runoff received from the plain snowpack. As seen on this slide, above average runoff occurred during April, caused by the rapid melting of the plain snowpack. We are expecting near average runoff during May through July, typically when mountain snowpack melts, due to the slightly above average mountain snowpack peak. Moving on to the next slide. On April 7th, there was still widespread plain snowpack, with the heaviest snowpack covering most of North Dakota and eastern South Dakota. Large portions of that area were covered in 1 to 5 inches of snow water equivalent, or SWE, with smaller areas of 5 to 8 inches of SWE. The snowpack typically melts from March through April, but due to the colder than normal temperatures in March, little to no snowmelt occurred in March. Moving on to the next slide. Rapid melting of the snowpack occurred during the next 10 days, causing much of the plain snowpack to melt by April 17th. The rapid melting allowed for more of the melting snow to enter the rivers rather than replenishing the dry soils, which led to the above average runoff in April. And moving on to the next slide. Mountain snowpack peaked at 117% of normal in the above Fort Peck reach on April 24th at 109% of normal. Oh, and 109% of normal in the Fort Peck to Garrison reach on April 6th. As of May 9th, 72% of the peak SWE remains in the Fort Peck reach and 66% of the peak SWE remains in the Fort Peck to Garrison reach. In summary, the 2023 calendar year runoff forecast is 26.9 million acre feet or 105% of average. I will now turn it back over to Mike to discuss system regulation. Okay, thanks, Nicole. Uh, to start, uh, Gavin's Point releases averaged 16,500 CFS in April. Releases are currently at 19,000 CFS and are forecast to gradually increase over the next several days as needed to meet the downstream targets. Uh, next slide. Slide uh, 28 here shows the system storage is currently at 50.1 million acre feet, 6 million acre feet below the base of the annual flood control zone. System storage has increased 3.5 million acre feet since the end of March. Uh, moving on to the monthly simulations or, or studies, the basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that uh, Nicole just discussed. Due to the variability that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our webpage. 
So looking at the slide here, uh, the upper three reservoirs, Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe are currently 10.9, 7.7, and 7.2 feet below the base of their respective flood control zones. As shown on the basic forecast, Fort Peck reservoirs expected to peak near elevation 2229, about five feet below the base of the flood control zone. Peak releases are expected to average about 9,000 CFS this summer. I will also note here that Fort Peck releases will be reduced to 6,000 CFS from about May 22nd to June 2nd due to power tunnel maintenance at the dam. Releases will return to 9,000 CFS as soon as possible. Garrison Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1839, just slightly into its annual flood control zone. Peak releases are expected to average about 22,000 CFS this summer. Oahe Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1603, about four feet below the base of its flood control zone. Peak releases are expected to average about 30,000 CFS this summer. Next slide. This slide details the master manual system storage checks. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and in combination with the bank stabilization and navigation project to help provide the downstream navigation channel. Navigation service level at the start of the navigation season is typically based on the March 15th system storage. We are currently providing minimum service flow support based on the March 15th storage check. For the minimum service level on the basic simulation, Gavin's Point monthly average releases range from approximately 21,000 up to 28,000. Releases will depend on downstream conditions and will be reduced in response to downstream flooding. However, the effectiveness of the reservoir system to reduce peak stages along the lower river diminishes as you move downstream due to the travel time. The service level for the remainder of the navigation flow support season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1 system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation would increase to an intermediate service level. At this point, it looks like about 3,000 CFS above minimum service after the July 1st system storage check, and there would be a full-length navigation flow support season. Next slide. Energy generation at the main stem dams under the basic simulation is 7.6 billion kilowatt hours. The long-term average is 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. And you can go to the next slide there, Eileen. This slide shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown at the top of the slide. This webpage gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. That concludes my comments for now. I will turn it back to you, Eileen. All right, thanks, Mike. And I will hand it over to Chuck McWilliams, who is the Omaha District Drought Coordination, Drought Coordination, Drought Coordinator. Why can't I say that? Uh, so Chuck, I'll let you give that update. 
All right, thanks, Eileen. And uh, again, I'm Chuck McWilliams, and I serve in the Operations Division of the Omaha District of the Corps of Engineers as the Drought Response Coordinator. And here's a quick update of the work that the team completed in 2022, as well as a look ahead at the pending efforts as we make our way through 2023. Now, this first slide highlights the impacts that drought events have had upon the Missouri River Basin, particularly regarding the main stem reservoirs and Omaha District projects. Typically, the impacts are first experienced with boat ramps and lake access, along with an increased threat of several invasive plant species or noxious weeds, and that's due to greater shoreline exposure. Extended periods of drought do bring additional impacts to various forms of wildlife and potentially to water intake structures. Now, the next slide highlights the the bulk of the work that was executed in 2022 was focused on several boat ramps along the upper main stem reservoirs to ensure that low water access remained at those locations. Silt removal and restoration or enhancement of temporary roads, such as gravel placement, those were the key elements in these actions. And picture in the bottom right, that was taken from Walker Bottoms Recreational Area. That gives an idea of the work involved. At Fort Yates Recreational Area, pictured toward the bottom left of the slide, our team also installed a temporary boat ramp extension that was also due to the low water conditions. Now, similar access work was performed along Lake Sakakawea at Deepwater Bay Recreational Area. That's pictured in the upper left, and work also conducted at the Government Bay Recreational Area in the upper right. I should note that garrison project crews have already initiated efforts this year to maintain lake access at the latter. And as the picture shows, some of the silt removal efforts that was conducted just over a month ago at that location. In fact, if you look at that picture where it says late March, early April, you can notice there was some still some ice and snow. And uh, that gives you an indication that was obviously more than a month ago that that was conducted. Well, going forward, we'll continue to monitor for additional drought impacts through our enhanced coordination with interagency federal, state, and tribal partners. And while the Corps is not authorized by Congress to perform operation and maintenance activities on water intakes, we may provide technical assistance to a local community facing an emergency as a supplement to state and local efforts. So with the potential for ongoing drought conditions to persist in 2023, the Omaha District remains vigilant and is prepared to execute drought mitigation efforts throughout the region in support of tribes and stakeholders. Thanks again for your time. Eileen? Thanks, Chuck. We will move to the question and answer period. Uh, Kansas City did, did not have any planned updates, but is available to answer questions if you have any. Um, our next call will be Thursday, June 8th at 1 p.m. I will send those notifications out. Please note that on the slide here with our speakers today, as Mike mentioned, John Remus is out of the office. And then your speaker, instead of, uh, we usually have Ryan Larson, your speaker was Nicole Sorensen. And I'm gonna make sure I get that spelling correct. It is N-I-C-O-L-E-S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N. So we'll move to the question and answer period. To take your line off mute, you'll need to either press the mute button, unmute button on your computer screen and then star six. Please state your name and the organization that you represent before asking your question. 
I'll go in alphabetical order by state. We have about 51 callers still on the line, so we'll just go um, on a single round of um, asking questions. So we'll start with the state of Iowa. Okay, moving to Kansas. And again, star six and or unmute on the computer screen. Missouri. Montana. Nebraska. North Dakota. South Dakota. Wyoming. Anyone who couldn't hit the unmute button or star six fast enough for me. All right, with that, um, do you have any final comments, Mike? Uh, thanks to everyone for joining. Otherwise, I'll let you close it up, Eileen. All right, if anyone has any final questions, this is your opportunity. Otherwise, I am available over email. Um, this call is recorded. I will post the recording as soon as possible on our DIVIDS uh, website, and it will also appear on the um, news page on uh, nwdusace.army.mil slash mrwm. With that, that concludes today's call. We'll talk to you again next month. Thank you.